Hey, lift your hands to heaven. Say, Father God, I'm saved. And I'm grateful. And I use the name of Jesus to bind every hindering spirit. I say I'm refreshed right now in the presence of the Lord. God, you haven't changed. You're the same God that was here this morning. And I refuse to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on now. We can't let the devil rob us from everything that God would have for us. Thank you all guys so much. Bless you. You're a blessing to us, the body of Christ, so much. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here tonight. You brought the Lord with you, right? Amen. And so since you brought the Lord and I brought the Lord, we have liberty and we have possibilities. Amen. Possibilities. If you would, open up your Bibles to two openings. Uh, in the book of Genesis chapter 2 and John chapter 19. We're going to look at God and we're going to look at Jesus. And we're going to get something in our heart this, this evening to be able to let God do some things in our life. Now, I, I've been sensing in my spirit as I've been meditating and I've been praying and interceding for some situations and circumstances as far as the, the people in my sphere that God has gave me a uh, an opportunity and authority to minister in. And uh, I, I'm sensing that the devil is working overtime to try to get you and I in the mindset that we're waiting on God. Now, I recognize and I realize that you can look all through Scripture and you can see that there's verses of Scripture. Psalms 27 uh, says, wait on the Lord, right? Down about, was it verse 4, verse 14, something like that. Uh, our very famous scripture that we quote all the time, Isaiah 40, 31, uh, those who wait on the Lord shall renew. That word is wait in the English. It's not wait in the Hebrew. Okay? Big difference between our English word wait and what God is saying. The word wait in the Bible, when you see it, it means that you are binding yourself together with the vine, Jesus Christ. You're a branch, you're in Him, and you're you're walking with Him. Amen? You're not waiting on God to do something. The Spirit of God said, tell my people that I'm the God of the now. I'm the God of the now. The religious spirits love to get you and I to sit down and wait on God to do something because we're going to look at Scripture and we're going to document some things tonight that God's done done all He's going to do. And all you and I have to do is to be in the place of faith to be able to receive it. Amen? But now there's an... Uh, you feel it. I know you do. There's an opposition in, in, in the in the very air tonight to try to hinder us. But greater is He that is in you that is in me. Amen? than any opposition of the enemy. We're going to hear tonight, we're going to receive, and we're going to leave here rejoicing. Amen? Alright, Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse number 1, and then we'll go to John 19 and look at Jesus. Here's our Old Testament and New Testament example. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them... And on the seventh day, God ended, same word in the Hebrew is finished, God ended, God finished His work, which He had made. And He rested on the seventh day from all of His work, which He had made. Verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day, and He sanctified it, because that in it He had rested from all of His works, which God created 
and made. Very clear. John chapter 19, starting in verse 28. John 19 and verse 28. Jesus uh, is fixing to give up the ghost on the cross. And look what it says. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. How many? All things were now accomplished that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon a hyssop. All of this is prophetic of what Christ would do. And put it to His mouth. Verse 30. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, He said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Lord, thank you for this message you give us tonight, Lord. It's been straight out of heaven. Let our hearts be open, Lord. Let our minds be open. Let us dine in the outside of the Yes. Yes. And let us be refreshed and renewed, Lord. And let us go up and let us run this race, Father. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for honoring the Word. And thank you once again for being here. Hallelujah. So I, I, I believe that you and I are in a place and a position uh, to be able to receive some promises of God uh, that the devil has worked very cunningly, very in a subtle way uh, to keep us from being able to step into. Because if we're always waiting on God to do something for us, we're in the place where we're waiting Him to do something and we're not in the place of reception. See, but if we're in the place where we're ready to receive, guess what? God's ready to pour out. And so here's what the Spirit of God said. He said, I just want my people to come in the place of alignment because when you get in the place of alignment, you can get in the place of agreement. And so when we align ourselves with the Word of God, then all of a sudden we see what God has promised, what God has done through the cross at Calvary, through Jesus Christ, in this dispensation of grace, and then we can agree with it. And when we agree with it, come on, faith is released. God then manifests and ministers what He's promised to us. It is revealed, even though it's already there from heaven, it's revealed in and through our lives in this uh, very physical realm. That's what I want, don't you? All right, so let's see some things. Now, <clears throat> it, when we when we get to the place and the position that we see that God, he, he worked those six days and He brought forth His perfect will, His perfect plan, and He sat down in rest. And then we come and we see that Jesus uh, took and He fulfilled everything under the Old Covenant uh, where we could come under the New Covenant, the New Testament, and, and we could live in this time of grace. And we find out uh, as we read the epistles that Paul gave to the church that Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is our rest. And so today, you and I, every day is a seventh day. Every day is a rest, spiritually speaking, in Jesus. Because no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, you have uh, the understanding that by faith, you don't have to be like the Hebrews. Remember, uh, Paul wrote to the epistle uh, to the Hebrews there, and he said he gave us all the, the examples that was in the Old Testament, and it said they could have entered into the rest by faith, but they didn't do it. So tonight, I can come and enter into salvation and be born again and, and live my life, but if I'm not careful, I can just be saved from a devil's hell 
and I cannot receive the fullness of the gospel. And so God wants me, He wants you, He wants all of His children to receive the fullness of the gospel. And the full gospel is that that uh, the blessing of Abraham is supposed to come on you and I. The blessing of Abraham eliminates spiritual death. It eliminates uh, uh, all, all the, the the lack that the devil brought to to even Adam in the garden. Amen? And so I've got to get in the place tonight that I see that there's some things that I've uh, been struggling with, been uh, misunderstanding, and I need to just let God be God, let the Word do its work in my life, and then He'll manifest it. Amen? So let's look at some things hurriedly. I, I just want to look at a few things that I think that will build our faith. Uh, let, let's go to Genesis chapter 12. We started out in Genesis chapter 2, but let's, let's look at, we talked about Abram becoming Abraham this morning. And let's look at him just a little bit more tonight. I love how the Lord puts things together. I wish I was uh, just a little bit smart. I can't do these sorts of things. I get excited when he just does things and I just sit back and look and go, wow, I didn't even know you were doing that. But in Genesis chapter 12, uh, we got an example of, of Abram being called out. And see, this is where you and I are at tonight. We get in the ideal that uh, we're waiting on God. See, everybody says, well, uh, here, Abram, he's been waiting on God for 75 years. Well, now, is that the truth? Or is that just make us feel better? You know, uh, if we're not careful, we like to make ourselves feel better, don't we? Don't we not? Now, look what it says um, in verse number 1, uh, Genesis 12 and 1. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, See, I need to come back to the place where I let the Holy Spirit, and, and we're going to go to the New Testament in closing, and we're going to document some things. You don't realize that, that the Holy Spirit has said a lot of things to me that I've probably laid down. Because, see, the moment that God speaks to us, He wants a response from me. He wants a response from His children. And if we don't respond uh, to that word, then here comes Mark 4, the fowl of the air, the devil, who loves to try to steal that word out of your heart. That, that's his job. That's his role. That's what he wants to do. And so I need to be in the place that I recognize and realize that my God is always speaking because this word is alive. It is alive. It's talking to you. It's talking to me. And I need to be in the place where I can hear it. So notice what it says. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, uh, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And of course we know that he becomes Abraham, the father of faith. And, and uh, uh, the promise comes through him, just as Isaac in the natural, but Jesus in the spiritual. And so you and I, when we uh, accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, Abraham, we're a part of this faith. We're a part of this promise. And so this blessing, this covenant that God had with Abraham, it's for you and I tonight. Amen. It's here. And so I want you to think about this. So people will read this, and they keep reading here, and it tells us in verse number 4 that Lot... Uh, uh, was there with Abram and, and, and Abram, uh, his wife, Sarai at that time instead of Sarah. But anyway, he was 75 years old. And they said, see, he's been waiting 75 years to hear from God. 
No, see, God had us a plan from the beginning of the foundation of the world for your life and my life. And God spoke that plan out for your life and my life. It's written in His books. It's there right now. And, and, and uh, He is wanting to reveal that to you and I. He's wanting to continually bring that and make us aware of that. But we've got to get in the place where we will hear and we will obey. Because if you look at Genesis chapter 11, and we won't take time to do it, but I admonish you in your home study time, you look and you see that uh, in Abram's life, his daddy, Terah, uh, his name means delayed. It means to become stationary. He was on his way to Canaan himself, but he got delayed because he decided he wanted to live in Haran. Haran means parched. Now, if I want to, I can live, I can live in the dry places of life, or I can hear the Lord and I can get out of the dry places and I can get into where the water of the Lord, the Spirit of God is flowing and moving. I want that, don't you? And, and so he lived and died. And so when he finally died, that's when God said, okay, I believe now Abram will hear my word and he'll act accordingly. Now, this is important tonight. God wants you and I to see some dead things in our life and lay them down and go on. Come on, there's some, there's some dead lies. There's some dead works. There's some, there's some things that would hinder us. There, there's some situations and circumstances. There's some relationships that uh, of no fault of your own. I'm sorry. We need to give them to God and just move on. Let God do what He can do because you and I, we have to trust Him and we have to be willing to know that God's taking us someplace and some of the places that God's taken us, nobody else can go. That promise is to you and to you alone. It's to me and to me alone. Amen. And so uh, God is the God of now. And so I've got to see that I don't have to stay in this parched place suffering. I don't have to stay in this situation, this circumstance. I can get along with God. I can get and go along with God and things are going to happen. Amen? I'm ready, aren't you? Because God is. He's ready. Now, notice what... Uh, drop down to uh, verse 7. It said, And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and he said... Because, see, he, this, this knowledge is progressive. It's, it's progressive, not because God doesn't want to reveal it all to us, but because God can only give us revelation as we obey. And see, God had much more to show Abram here, but he didn't obey. He took Lot with him. Come on, you, Lot, his name means veiled. You and I, we can't take the things that God tells, tells us to leave behind with us because it will cause us to not be able to see what God's wanting to do in our lives and through our lives. And, and it, it brought a great turmoil into, into Abram's family's life, into his uh, servants' lives, into his whole household. And, and they finally had to have a complete separation. You and I, we just need to obey the Lord fully at first. Say fully at first. It's important. All right. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Under thy seed will I give this land. Now mark that down. Under thy seed. Hold that in your heart. And there he built an altar unto the Lord who had appeared unto him. So we need to know that, that God is wanting to do something in our life uh, in the sense that he's wanting us to see it done, finished, uh, according to what Christ has done. But he's not just wanting to do it for us. He's wanting to do it for those who are going to come after us. Those who are going to come through your witness, through your testimony, through your faith in the Lord. And so we've got to see that. 
But at the same time, we've got to recognize, as we said this morning when we were uh, paraphrasing 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that there, there is no temptation, but it's what is common to all people. Every one of us, we go through the same things. And so here Abram is in this situation, and, and he uh, he's heard from the Lord, and he starts moving forward, and that's what we've got to see and we've got to do. But let's turn over and let's look at his son. Go with me to Genesis 26. Let's look at the child of promise. Let's look at Isaac. And I, I don't want to hold you up. I don't want to take a lot of time. But in this 26th chapter, you'll see that Isaac is trying to find his own place. And that's what we have to do. We, You have to find your place in the Lord. I have to find my place. And so on and so forth. And we can't live on what mama, daddy, what grandma, grandpa did. We've got to live in... in God don't have no grandchildren. Come on, we, we, He only has children. We've got to live in that reality and that unction. And so Isaac's trying to find his place. And while he's trying to find his place, uh, the, the Philistines, which remember we talk about, so you'd always remember, the Philistines means to roll in the dust. So we know who it is. It's, they're, they're the offspring. They're of the, the devil. And, and so uh, they start stopping up the wells of Abraham. And so tonight, there may be some here It's in situations and circumstances where you've been pulling off of God through somebody else. And as long as you and I are trusting in that, that is really our God. That's really our idol. Because God doesn't want you to have any other source than Him. Amen? And so uh, what looks like is horrible and awful as they stop up the wells of Abraham. Isaac's got to learn how to dig his own wells. But he goes in a process. He starts and he redigs Abraham's wells and that gets him in a place. But then he learns how to dig his own wells. And so tonight, you and I, we need to learn how to get along with the Lord, get in this Bible ourselves and, and dig out what God has already done for us, accept it, receive it by faith and let it be manifested in your life and my life. Amen? Okay. Look at verse 22. Genesis 26, 22. Uh, and, and like I said, you need to look at this in your home study time about all this other activity about the other wells. But it says, And he, Isaac, removed from thence, and he digged another well. And for that they strove not. In other words, the Philistines didn't come against him. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. Uh, roomy, streets, broad, roominess. And he said, for now, the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Now notice what he said. Uh, he said, now, now God is, is, is going to make me fruitful. Now I'm going to have roominess. Is that the truth? Come on, think about it just for a second. God done said to Abraham, Isaac's daddy, I blessed you. I, I'm, you be fruitful. You, 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 what, everything that you see, I'm giving it to you. So Isaac, all of a sudden, because he got in the place where he dug his own well, he's starting to see what God had done for him. But God didn't do it now. 120 years before, what we just read in Genesis 12 is when God spoke the word out. So there's some things that God has already done for you and I tonight that God spoke before the foundation of the world. But we've got to hear what God has said so we can get a spiritual vision of it where we can believe God for it and it'll be manifested in our life. Amen? Verse 23, and he went up from thence to Beersheba. He went to the well of Os. Verse 24, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, 
for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. So, uh, everything that God wants to do in your life, uh, you and I in the time of grace in the, under the New Testament, it's for the sake of Jesus. You qualify because of Jesus. So it's not, you don't, you don't have to be in the place where, uh, that you're walking in some kind of, uh, place that you deem as perfect, you deem as, that qualifies you. You're qualified because you accept Jesus. Come on. That's your qualifier. He is your qualifier. He's the one that puts you in the place. So you've got to come. I've got to come to that place that I'm blessed because of what Jesus done on the cross. No other reason. That, that's, that gets me in the place of provision. That gets me in the place where every promise that God has uh, spoke forth from the foundation of the world, it's available to me if I will hear it, if I will receive it, if I'll come in alignment and agreement with it, it'll be manifested in my life. Uh, verse 25. Notice what Isaac does. And he built an, an altar there, and he called upon the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants, they digged a well. See, when you and I, when we start building our lives on the altar of the Lord, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you, when you realize that your heart, your spirit is the altar of the Lord. When, and you start building your life in that reality, you've dug a well. In other words, you've come into a place of flow where the promises are being revealed to you by the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, you stop looking for God to do and do something. You start receiving what was finished 2,000 years ago. Amen? You start getting that place where, by grace, I'm saved. By faith, I, I, I have provision. By faith, I have peace. By faith, I have joy. By faith, I have healing. By faith, I have deliverance. By faith, I have the name above all other names. By faith, I am a child of God. Come on, I have the citizenship that is in and from heaven, and I'm living in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a pilgrim passing through. All of these realities, all of these truths, all of these promises, they start being manifested in your life, and you're not in a person or a place of state of need, but you're in a state, a place of providence. God's with you. You realize that you're in the Father's hand. You realize that no person can pluck you out. You realize that you have the peace that passeth all understanding. Everything starts changing because you're coming in alignment. You're coming in agreement with the Word of God. Amen? Alright. Uh, so, we got to be in the place where we, we see that there is more than what we have. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live and die where I'm at tonight. I, I, I know there's more. There's more promises. There's no more provision. There's more plan. I, I want to be in the plan of God, don't you? I, I want to be presenting a gospel that's ever thriving, that's ever growing, that's ever being revealed. I, I don't want to ever come to the place where, well, I know all God's done. No, I don't. I don't have a clue what God's done. I know just a little bit. My thimble has just got a drop in it. But praise God for that drop. Amen. But I want it running over. I, I want to see some things. Alright. So let's go to the New Testament. You hold this in your, in your heart. And let's read that we quoted this verse this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, look at verse 17. Most of you, it's one of your favorite verses. I know it is because it's one of mine. Look at verse 17, 2 Corinthians 3.17, and let's put this in, in our heart tonight, and let's start walking in it, because I don't know how many times I talk to people, 
and, and the, they look me in the eye and there's tears in their eyes and there's tremble in their voice. And, and, and they say, if I could just find freedom. Now, is that the truth? See, we've got to base everything on the Word of God, not on our failing feelings, but on our firm faith, as the Lord said this morning. Amen? Look at verse 17, 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Someday, the Lord is that... The Lord is the Lord of the now. That's what the Spirit of God is wanting to address to us about every situation of your life and my life. The devil loves to get us to sit down and wait. Come on, now. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Freedom. I'm not bound in any way. You're not bound by anything. You say, well, I do things that I don't want to do. That's because your spirit has not informed your soul what this Word says. I used to beg God. I'd get on my knees, I'd cry and beg, and I'd say, God, this has control of me. God wouldn't say a word. He don't talk to liars. That's a lie. Jesus became sin that I could become righteous. And when you become righteous, you become free. Because you can't become righteous unless the Holy Ghost causes you to be born again. And what did He just say? Right now, the Spirit of the Lord is freedom. He's liberty. You're not bound by anything. You're not limited by anything. Those are lies of religion. Those are lies of the flesh. Amen? And so I've got to come back and I've got to, I've got to dig my own well. I've got to see that God wants me to walk in freedom right now. So if I keep agreeing with the devil that I am blank, blank, and blank, then when I agree with him, that's what I'm going to have. That's what I'm going to be. It's important. It's very important that you and I see ourselves as a new creature. When, when Paul wrote to the church at 2 Corinthians there, chapter 5, and he said that you, when you get born again, you're a new creature. Did he lie? No, you're new. He said, behold, all things are made new. So when the devil comes to you and say, boy, you still like the lust. You still like to lie. You still have some awe in your heart. No, I got a brand new heart, devil. I'm not going by that old feeling. I'm free. Amen. You've got to fight the good fight of fight. We spend all of our time fighting the devil. When the Bible says, when the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit of God, said the only fight we're to fight is to fight the good fight of faith. That's it. Nothing else. Jesus has taken care of all of these other things for us. So right now, I have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit because we're born again. And we have this liberty. We have this, this freedom here. It means to go as a citizen, not as a slave. Tell the devil you're a citizen of heaven. There's nothing but freedom in heaven. You, you, that's where your citizenship is. You've got to live out of that truth. And you've got to stand strong. And you've got to tell the devil the truth or he'll steal it. See, I used to, I would say, oh God, I can't say that. Because see, I let the devil convince me the moment I said that, that I was going to get a battle that I would lose. Now, yes, I'm going to get a battle the moment I say it. 
Because the devil's going to come against you with everything he's got. But if you'll hold on to the word, if I'll hold on to the word, we can't lose. Amen? Okay. Let's go to John chapter 14. Let's, let's look at verses, I believe it's 16 and 17. And let's see what this now spirit of liberty is wanting to, to bring true to you and I. This 14th chapter is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Uh, but look at verse 16. Now this is your promise. This is my promise. Remember that now spirit is a spirit of liberty. Jesus said, um, and I will pray the Father, because you and I, we love Him. We're, we're, we're trying to keep His commandments. But He said, I will pray the Father, and He might give you glory. The strongest affirmation that you and I can have, He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you when you feel Him. See, feelings will deceive you and I. I don't know about you, I am tired of battling feelings. I'm sick of it because one moment everything's good, the next moment, oh my gosh, hell has opened up. I don't even know if I'm saved. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, it's, life could not be any worse. Those who please God come to Him how? By faith. Faith says, I don't know how it's going to be okay. But it's going to be okay. Because my God can't fail. Your God can't fail. Amen? Alright. So He's given me another comforter. This from the, the Greek means that Jesus said, I'm going to give you somebody just like me. So the disciples, they understood this because they'd walked with Him in the flesh. Come on. For three and a half years. And He's, he's telling them, He said, just as I was with you and I comforted you, I'm going to be now, I'm going to be in you. Isn't that something? Jesus said, I'm going to give you my spirit. Notice what he said in verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. Come on, that spirit of liberty. Now, now, the now spirit of freedom is in every believer. He's in you, and He's going to be in you forever. So I don't have to feel the doodads, though I love the doodads. He's with me. So I need to tell the devil, when it feels like that I'm dragging my tracks out, when it feels like that my prayer will not even reach the ceiling, when it feels like that nobody understands me or nobody cares, I need to get up and dance a happy dance by faith and worship the Lord. And when I do that, all of a sudden, those feelings that are failing, they are replaced by this firm faith, and I get strong in Jesus. The Bible says, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I don't have to be strong in myself. I be strong in Him. Amen? You're strong in Him. Tell the devil that. When the devil starts showing you what he perceives as your weaknesses or your limitations, so that doesn't affect me. Because my weakest link is that Jesus left heaven and He absorbed, He swallowed up my weakest link and now my weakest link is my strongest. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, that's who you are. So God is the now God that is the, the, the Spirit of truth that uh, it, we won't take time to read it, but you can read it in verse uh, 
26 and 27, that he's, he's the one that leads you and guides you into all truth. He reminds you of everything this Bible says. And then he teaches you new things. He's not doing a new thing, but he's bringing revelation of what he's already done for you. And then he leaves you peace. Come on. I need that peace, don't you? There's some situations and circumstances that, and so I don't need to seek peace. I just need to seek the Lord. He's the Prince of Peace. And then that peace that is already there for me, it will be revealed. Amen? Oh, glory. Okay. In closing, go with me to Second Corinthians chapter 6, and I want us to see something. I, I just want to loose your faith like never before. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with Him... Just think, that's, that's you and I. We're working with Jesus. A co-laborer with Jesus. Isn't that something? Uh, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain, uh, emptily or with no effect. See, God's grace is sufficient. Paul said that God's grace was enough to do whatever needed to be done in my life. But I can receive saving grace, but am I receiving delivering grace? Am I receiving healing grace? Am I receiving uh, provision grace? Whatever it might be. You see, there, there's many facets. It's like looking into a diamond. The face of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the Word of God. And every time that you look at it and the light shining on it, you see something you never saw before. That's why, you know, we talk about all the time. You and I, we can go down here and go up up Mount Nebo and we can look off a of sunrise point. And as we look off, we're going to have one view and that's all we're going to have. But if we'll go over to, to sunset point, we're going to have a whole different view. We're going to see things that we never saw. Let's thank God for salvation, but let's get out of salvation. Let's get out of the milk. Let's get into the meat of the Word of God, and let's see some other things that God has for us. Amen? They're here. They're right now. They're available for you and I. All right. Now, what does he say? Verse 2. Stay with me. For he saith, I have heard. Now, mark this down in your Bible, write it on the table of your heart. Uh, God said, I've heard what you, uh, how you've heard me, and I've gave you favor. Favor's grace. The race of God. I have heard thee in a time accepted. Okay, so God has heard us in this karyos moment, this set occasion to do something in our life. I've heard thee in this time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured, have I helped thee. Now notice this. Behold, what? Now. Mark it down in your mind's eye, underline it in your Bible app. Write it on the table of your heart. Now is the accepted time. The well-received, the approved, the favorable time of what? Behold, now is the day of salvation. This word salvation, it means rescue. It means saving rescue, but it means healing rescue. It means providence rescue. It means health. It means deliverance. It's everything that God gave us through Jesus Christ because of the cross. Today's the day. You don't have to wait. Now. What, what did he say? He said, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So if I let the devil tell me, well, maybe God will do something tomorrow. 
if I can fast long enough, if I can pray hard enough. No, that's getting back into works. And that's getting back into you and I doing something. No, God's done done it. Remember Jesus said in John 19.30, it is... Alright, so I don't have to do any works. Thank God because my works wouldn't count because I was a sinner. But now I'm a saint. Come on, now you are a saint. You're sanctified in Jesus Christ. Alright, so I want to build your faith just for a minute, okay? And then we're going to let the Holy Ghost do something in our life. I want you to see in the ministry of Jesus that God is a now God. He's, a, he's an immediate God. Sister Victoria put Matthew uh, 8, 3. And I encourage you, everybody in here, if you don't have a Strong's and Coordinates, uh, you, you've probably got a Bible app. And you can do this very same thing. I just go through the Gospels and look at every time Jesus done something, how he done it immediately. Now, now, look at this. Here's the leper, and I won't hold you. I won't. You need to read the preceding verses. But Jesus put forth his hand on this leper, and he touched him, saying, "I will be thou clean." And what? Now, now. He come to Jesus and he said, I know you can take care of me, but I, I don't know if you will. Jesus said, not only will I, I'll show you. I'll touch you right now. I'm not afraid to touch you. Come on, Jesus is not afraid to touch us in our sickness, in our sin, in our stubbornness. And all of these things, Jesus is wanting to reach down in your life and my life. He's wanting to touch us. He's wanting to make a difference. Uh, 1431. Matthew 14, 31. And immediately, now this is where uh, the situation with Peter and the, the water and all of this thing. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? Immediately. See, when we start to sink in life, Jesus is there. See, so many times trouble was in my life. I was being swallowed up by the trouble and I'd get down and I'd try to pray and I would beg and plead and ask God to do something. But when I come to the realization that it was already done and I started saying, I come into alignment and agreement with what God said, His promises are manifested. Amen? 2034. Matthew 2034. I'm just trying to build your faith just a minute. This is the, where the blind received their sight. So Jesus had compassion on them and He touched their eyes. And what? Immediately their eyes received sight and they followed Him. The Bible says that nobody even that, that, that was born blind, as, as Jesus gives us the example in the Gospel of John, had their eyes open. But Jesus can take you and I being born in sin. Come on. He can open our spiritual eyes. He can cause us to see this Word. He can help us to dig our own well where the promise to provision can be ministered in our life. You believe that? Uh, I think it's Mark 2.12. Mark 2.12. You can go all through the Gospels and you can look at these. This is, should be the, the man that's let down. Is that right? Yeah, the man is laid down on the, on, on the, uh, let through the roof. And immediately he arose and he took up the bed after Jesus touched him and, and told him, said, man, remember he said, man, your sins be forgiven. 
When you hear a word from the Lord, it causes you to get up. Amen. And immediately he arose and he took up the bed and he went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen it on this fashion. That's Jesus. Are you not excited? I'm excited. Because my God wants to do something that uh, uh, in the sense that it's done, it's finished, but I've got to step over and come in agreement and alignment with it where it'll be done in my life. I want that, don't you? Anyway, there is Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. But let's do one more. We, let's look at where uh, an evil spirit's involved in it. Look at, I believe it's Luke thirteen thirteen. This is the lady who was bent over. Yes, this is the lady who was bent over. And uh, uh, she couldn't in no wise lift herself up. And, 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 and the, Jesus lets us know that this is not uh, just a normal condition. This is an evil spirit. And anyway, and, and look what it says. And he laid his hands on her. Jesus told her that she was healed. In other words, he brought revelation of what was done for her. But then she had to have a touch. That's why we've got to get in the place where we dig our own well. We touch the Word, the Word touches us. And, and, and then we're in the place where sometimes we need a little extra anointing. We need a little extra push uh, to be able to receive what God would have for us. And He laid His hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. Come on, 18 years. She had been bowed over by this hindering spirit that it took away her ability to worship God. But when she... Uh, heard when Jesus come to the church where she was at and he said he called her a daughter of Abraham. What have we been reading about? See, you're a son or a daughter of Abraham. That means you have a legal right to the promises of God because you're in covenant with him. Amen. And so uh, we need to say, what, what does the Bible say? Uh, Peter 1 Peter 2.24, put that up there, Sister Victoria, because I can't quote the last part of the verse. But uh, he's quoting Isaiah. And, and as he's quoting Isaiah, he's looking at what was finished about Jesus, what Jesus had finished for us on this side of the cross. And, and so uh, we need to start saying this about our life. Jesus, who in his own self bear our sins. So if Jesus carried all of my sins on the cross, I don't need to be thinking about them. That's a good place to shout. Don't let the devil remind you of your sins. God don't know about your sins. They're covered up in the blood of Jesus. He looks at you and He sees that precious blood of His Lamb. You're white as snow. And so don't let that hold you back. Don't let that hinder you. Don't let, you, you, you gotta dig your own well and you gotta, you gotta see yourself. When the devil comes to you and go, Boy, you still got that problem. No, I don't. Come on, there's problems in the flesh, but my flesh is under subjection to my soul, which is being renewed by this word, by this promise, because I'm walking in the spirit. Come on, I'm not going to fulfill the lust. I'm not going to fall to the weakness of the flesh. I, I, I've got to start speaking this. I've got to align with God, because if not, I'll always go back. I had little pet sins. I get victory over him for a little while, and then here come the tempter, here come trouble, and that pet sin seems so comforting. I go back, pick it up, and love on it, feed it, give it power. Come on. 
and, I, and it was all because I let the devil convince me that was still my identity. That was still a part of who I am. No, I'm a new creature. You're a new creature. Amen. We've got to live out of this truth. This Bible says who you are. That we being what? Is God a liar? So when the, when the devil brings that thing that used to dominate me, I don't have a heartbeat for it anymore. You don't have a heartbeat for it. Your heart's beating the beat of the living God. Amen? But you've got to tell the devil. He'll convince you otherwise. He'll resurrect that we should live unto righteousness. Let's change that. Let's live by righteousness. Jesus is the righteous one. I'm living by Him, not by myself. Live by righteousness. Notice this. By whose stripes you... It's done. It's done. So I don't have to beg God for it. I've just got to come and build my faith. I've got to see what the Lord has done for me. He's healed my spirit. Come on, my spirit was full of sin. My soul was dominated by old way of thinking and old way of talking and, and, and all those limitations. Now it's being renewed by the Word of God, these precious promises. I'm digging my own well and I'm seeing that God's the God of the now and I don't have to live out of the past. See, the past would always... Every time I would let it take a hold of my life, the mountain would get bigger. But there's nothing bigger than the mountain of my God, your God. Amen? I want to read you something. I, I can't remember it, so I wrote it down. Um, I want you to take this home with you. Um, see, if each day, uh, if we would live it and not waste it. See, we're fixing to come into a new year, Right? And we're going to have a, a, a whole new year, 365 days if the Lord tarries and if we uh, live out this whole year. And so I, I need to see that I can't do anything about yesterday. I may have wasted a day here or a day there, starting out by a wasted moment. But, but I've, I, I've got a whole new year on the horizon. And I need to get in the will of the Lord. Now notice this. There's 24 hours in a day, 1,440 minutes in a day, 86,400 seconds. Every second is a gift from God. I want to be a good steward, don't you? I don't want to give it to the devil. I want to give it back to God. Because when God blesses my seconds, all of a sudden those seconds turn into days, weeks, months, a whole year is blessed by His presence. Amen? But here's what I want to read to you. Someone once observed that a wasted life is really nothing more than a collection of wasted days. As God gives us life, each one of us starts the new year with the same number of opportunities, 365, that we can choose to either use and invest in eternal things or to allow to drift by without taking advantage of the gift that we've just been given. The difference between the, mark this down, the difference between those who succeed and those who fail is not in talent, but in diligence and effort. It's not in talent. See, we look at what somebody can do and we think, boy, if I could do what they could do, I would be a success. No, I just have to be diligent, 
Come on, I have to be faithful in what God's given me and I will not fail. Amen? So tonight, God's the God of right now. Right now. There's some situations and circumstances. There's some, there's some area where we're saying, oh, if God could just help me forgive and forget. In God, everything's swallowed up by the blood of Jesus. If God could just do this in my body, or if God could just do this in my mind, it's done. It's done. I have to come in a in, in agreement and alignment. If I'm in alignment, that if that's flowing, and then I say, yes, I believe you, Lord, more than what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling. And then the now God manifests the now presence, the now promise, by the now provision in your life. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you touch each one of these people that love you dearly. And they are of you. They are of the beloved. I ask you, Father, that you just correct us in love. Speak the truth to us in love. Help us to grow up in every area. Grow up under the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us come together fitly joined, compacted together, uh, every ligament giving nourishment, giving love, giving strength. Right now, you made a promise to us. You said that the love of God was being shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, help every one of us receive that fresh revelation of the love of God that is flowing. It's who we are. It's how we're born again. It's how we see and operate. It's how we live. Because you are a God that is not just a God of love. You're a God that is love. You're uh, an active participant in everything about our lives. Right now, touch us and draw us. And help us to come in that place of something that is already done, finished in our life. Help us lay down in Christ the Sabbath and rest. Let us be like Samuel that we talked about this morning. Let us come to Shiloh. Let us come to the rest of God. The tranquil, the tranquility of what God has already done, that it be revealed in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I, I'm dealing with a situation. I'm dealing with a circumstance. I, I want to rest in you. I, I, I want to see that this situation, this circumstance, it's already finished. That you have the promise, the provision for me. I just got to dig my own well. I've got to see what you're uh, showing me about it right now. I want to see you greater than I see the struggle. I want to see the solution. I want to see the Savior. Amen. Would you come and let us pray with you? Or if not, make you an altar that's your seat. If we can pray with you, if you want us to, just raise your hand. We would love to pray with you. God loves you. I love you. I'm so thankful to be part of the plan of God and the family of God, us being built together. There is so much opportunity. <coughs> We need each other. Amen. Hallelujah.